Recently, my family and Kevin's family went on vacation together. It sounded a little something like this. And welcome to Surviving Seminary. I'm Jason Stark, and uh, with me, as always, is my co-host, Kevin Sutherland. Hey, y'all. And um, before we get going today, I wanted to um, bring up a few points of interest. First off, just a simple thanks to everybody who has been listening to the podcast and to everybody who has subscribed or interacted with us uh, either on Facebook um, or just just through your listening. It's... um, it's humbling to know that people are listening from a lot of different places around the country and in a few small instances, even from around the world. So if you haven't subscribed yet, um, we we do hope that you would subscribe and we're available just about anywhere where you can get podcasts. So um, thanks very much. Yep. And if you would like to let us know of a platform that you use that we're not on, please uh, contact us at Surviving Seminary Podcast on Facebook. I know of a couple that we're still trying to get on like when I have the time. Um, thankfully, if you have um, most of the Android uh, third-party podcast apps, they all access the Apple Podcasts listings anyway. So just getting on that one and alone is a huge help, but we've wanted to expand out. Recently, we even had someone reach out to us and say, thank you for being on a particular um, podcast app that uh, maybe isn't one of the most popular ones. Oh, it's pretty popular, but um, even if it's not as popular as Apple Podcasts, uh, there are people out there who don't listen there. So we had someone reach out recently about that. So we're happy to be on whatever um, whatever venue where you get your podcasts. Um, also, I-, I wanted to bring up something from our eBooks versus audiobooks. Wait, no, no, no. From our um, voiceover episode that we just did recently. And um, I feel like we were talking about that from uh, the perspective of a student who is not visually impaired, who wants to leverage that technology in order to read books more efficiently. Um, But I also felt like, you know, we do need to acknowledge that there are plenty of people who are in seminary who are actually uh, visually impaired and who probably use this um, or some other sort of accessibility settings on their technology just as the norm. So, um, obviously, we don't mean to be exploitative in mentioning that technology. We just want to make it useful for everybody. Yeah, and actually, Jason and I have gone through some training uh, for some teaching positions that we're doing next uh, fall, and they spoke about, you know, one of the drawbacks with that was that uh, pictures and things like that uh, sometimes aren't uh, usable with audiobooks, and we learned about accessibility features when, with something called alt text, where you can write a description that describes what is in the picture so that someone that's not able to see that would be able to do that. So Yeah, it's not just like the the file name of the picture, but an actual description gets written in there. So that's wonderful. Yeah. And so hopefully more and more people will do that. I do know that that's still not uh, as common as it needs to be, especially when we're trying to reach out to people that want to access this material that can't see. Yeah, another thing that we've got going that we want to let you guys know about is that we now have a Patreon page. Uh, so it's just patreon.com slash 
Surviving Seminary podcast. And you can also find links to that from our Facebook page as well. But it's a chance for you to support us. Uh, we have a few things that we would like to do, like we would get a, like to get another mic so that we can start interviewing people together. Um, and other things like that. We're not asking a lot. We're not going to make you pay for it to get all of our content because this is for us a ministry type service. So um, it's just if you feel like we're doing something that you think is valuable and you feel like the Lord would like you to support us in that way, then you can go on to there and provide some support. So as we are recording, it is June 25th. Um, there's probably a good couple of weeks uh, between when we record and when an episode gets out. And um, But a couple weeks prior to this, uh, we had uh, an experience uh, our families did, Kevin and I, mm-hmm. and um, we decided to uh, go on vacation um, more or less together. Right. Yeah, we went down to Cumberland Falls, which if you're not from Kentucky... Um, Cumberland Falls is uh, in the southern part of Kentucky, uh, close to the Kentucky-Tennessee border, and it's a state park that is uh, really beautiful. We uh, we really love it there. Yeah, and it's uh, home to the only moonbow in the Western Hemisphere. So if you get there on a clear moonless night, you can see actually a projected moonbow like a rainbow from the moon in the mist of the the waterfall do you mean a clear full moon night yes i don't know what i said you said moonless (laughs) well that would be hard to have a moonbow with a moonless night so yeah my bad they say that actually only occurs in one other place um in the world which i believe is at victoria falls yeah in zimbabwe yeah so that's pretty cool. Um, I don't really know if I would consider it the Niagara of the South. As that's what they say, though, man. It's right there on the brochure. But um, I really, it's. I will say that it is impressive. Yeah. Um, I've never been to Niagara Falls, and if you have, um, um, I don't know if Cumberland Falls would quite live up to that. But it is quite impressive. Yeah. It looked kind of like a Coke slushy machine was shooting over because there'd been a lot of flooding so yeah. it was a little bit brown at the time but. i mean it's been raining everywhere yes um and and kentucky is no exception and so with all the water getting stirred up from all the rain there's a lot of sentiment and i think yeah we had mentioned to one another it looks like the largest frozen coke machine on the defrost right it was pretty um it was pretty brown but uh, so that, that probably took a little bit away from the picturesque nature of it. But also, um, it was raining a lot while we were there. Mm-hmm. And so that meant that it wasn't exactly as picturesque as other times. We, we, the last time we went there was a year ago, which was the first time we had gone. And it was our first time to ever be there. Yeah. And um, while we were there last year, it was sunny. I don't think we had any um, adverse weather conditions at all. And this time around, there was some thunderstorming and um, and a lot of rain. Mm-hmm. Now, that rain was even more impactful on you and your family, Kevin. Yeah. We, uh, in, instead of getting a cabin, we took a tent. We've been camping a few times this year and a couple of times last year. I did a lot of camping as a Boy Scout uh, in my youth, but now we are taking that up. And so we got to sleep through a storm that was pretty loud. 
Um, Your tent was, made uh, it though, right? We made it. There was very little leaking. Um, nothing more than a little, you know, barely any water. Like maybe somebody spilled something on the ground. So our family, on the other hand, stayed in a cabin. Um, interestingly, it was the same cabin that we had last year. So there was a kind of bittersweetness about that. We liked the familiarity. Our girls liked the familiarity for sure. It was very fun for them to get to run into that same place that they had last year. Although we did kind of have the um, desire to see other stuff, but the weather didn't really make seeing a lot of stuff very, very workable anyway. Right. But, um, and and I would say that uh, that the cabin, doing the cabin versus being in a tent and camping, that that was like... Um, that that was in spite of my wishes or something like that. But that's really not the case. Um, I'm not a camper. Mm-hmm. And um, Val and I are actually going to go back um, probably at the end of July and do some camping, just enough time to get some of the trails that we couldn't get while we were there because it was so wet. Uh, but that'll be like my first camping experience in several years. Mm-hmm. And at any rate... Um, first, that's not like in a backyard or something. Right. So um, I'm not really a camper, so the cabin was just fine by me, Um, especially because even though it was raining, a lot of the time it was a pretty um, hot stay down there, and so I was very glad to have Horse flies everywhere. Yeah, Um, and gnats. Mm -hmm. The gnats were just all over. and um, Big flies and little flies. So um, we... uh, we had a time. I mean, we wanted to see a lot of stuff, but we couldn't really. Um, we wanted to have a little bit of rest. We wanted to have maybe a little bit of peace. Um, but, you know, I, I would say that going on vacation uh, down to Cumberland Falls didn't necessarily offer much of those things. How do you feel about that? Yeah. Um, I could see how if uh, I was a single person or maybe married without children, that it could have been an incredibly relaxing experience. Um, but, uh, but, you know, we still have kids and they're awesome and they are also full of energy. They don't necessarily go on peaceful mode once you go to a vacation. May I ask, um, did you enjoy yourself? Yeah, I did. Overall, it was enjoyable. There were some moments or two where uh, it was pretty hectic and sometimes even scary um, with the kids, but uh, it was good. It was a good experience overall. I'll also say that um, things can get kind of scary for me, too, when it comes to the kids at times, um, mainly because I worry and I get anxious about stuff. And so if we're on trails and things, and the trails are beautiful down there. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them are pretty kid-friendly, and some of them are not kid-friendly at all. Mm-hmm. And um, my uh, uh, potentially anxious brain sometimes has trouble differentiating between those two things. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of a stressful thing for me anyway, being out where there are drop-offs and steep hills and uh, and things off these trails where... Um, where potentially a child could get hurt or injured. Mm -hmm. So with life being as crazy as it is, you've got four boys, I've got four girls, um, and kids on either side, on either of our households, 
um, have their degrees of calm to crazy and some more calm than crazy and some more crazy than calm and, mm-hmm. and life, when you throw them all together, uh, we did a lot of hanging out at the cabin just because of weather and it was just better that way, but everyone's cooped up inside and obviously the weather could have gone differently, but when you plan these things out a month in advance, you don't know. Right. But, um, Obviously, that that still remains as a hazard of what can happen when you go on vacation is that the weather goes bad. And so when all these conditions kind of kind of go the way they go, it just raises the question, why why do we go on vacation, especially if um, so much of what life is like, um, I was going to say follows along with us, tags along with us, but really there are parts of life that that just by definition you cannot um you can't leave behind mm-hmm. you can't leave obviously you can't leave your kids behind um, right. unless they're like teenagers or something and they're ready for that mm-hmm. my oldest is 7 how old is is michael he is 11 so he's getting close enough to be left at home a little bit but definitely not for a weekend right and so obviously you can't leave your kids behind and you can't leave your kids personalities behind and so I think I think the question is, what is vacation really supposed to be? Um, I think there's a Hollywood type idea of vacation that is this relaxing time where you are at complete peace and you're sitting on a hammock somewhere mm-hmm. and and you're and you're sipping a, a cool glass of something right. with a little umbrella right. in it. But that's not that's really not the reality um, in spite of what um, we might be told otherwise. Mm-hmm. So why do we go on vacation in the first place? Bum, bum. Hey guys, we've got news of a contest coming soon. That's right, coming soon. It's not starting yet, um, but when it does start, you're going to hear about it on that particular day's episode, and you're going to see a post about it on Facebook because it is a Facebook giveaway. So, yes, so you might want to subscribe to both our podcasts so you'll be listening to it and our Facebook page so you'll get the details. That won't be a requirement of entry, by the way, because apparently that's against Facebook policy. But it'll help you to be able to be in the loop about it and to be able to enter when the contest happens. So we do encourage you to do so. Yep. And with that, on to the episode. I think one thing that we talked about on the vacation was that, I mean, it, it provided a change of pace. That's the big thing. It, it broke us out of our normal rhythms and cycles of life and kind of made us focus on who we are, I think, a little bit. And again, some of those rhythms and some of those cycles naturally have to come with us. Mm-hmm. But there is the obvious sense where you're not going to work, um, not doing schoolwork, mm-hmm. um, you're not taking care of the house in the same way. Probably yep. you've got to take care of what you've either brought with you, in your case, a tent, or take care of the 
cabin that you're in, whatever. Mm-hmm. I say whatever so much. Whatever, I'm man. So tired whatever. of it. Whatever. But uh, anyway, these are like the little recording um, quirks that we notice with each other now. Well, that I just noticed about myself. Yep. And um, I'm sorry, folks. Hopefully, we'll get better at this as we go. But anyway, um, no promises. Yeah. Uh, well, anyway, <laughs> um, the whole point is getting out of the regular patterns of life yeah. and getting out of the um, getting out of the norms, removing oneself um, geographically, mm-hmm. removing yourself mentally, mm-hmm. um, and to a certain extent emotionally from the regular paces of life. Yeah. And I think, you know, you talked about there are some rhythms and whatnot that have to come with us, but I think for me, one of my experiences was I was able to start seeing a little bit more about what's essential here. And I actually, you know, had some deeper insight into how my kids work and what I need to do as a father to kind of help bridge any gaps that might be there or whatnot. So, yeah. Yeah, I think that's a good point where um, sometimes when you do remove yourself from a lot of these rhythms, it brings other elements of life, other aspects of life into relief mm-hmm. in ways that the regular paces of life kind of cover up. Yeah. Where things are too busy to take that step back. Mm-hmm. And I think that to a certain extent that this is probably true for people um, in different stages of life. Uh, than we are as well. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about how somebody who let's let's say somebody who doesn't have a spouse and someone who doesn't have kids, um, maybe for example a single student who um, it's vacation and so they go back to uh, they go back to where home is for mm-hmm. them, and it's true that they can probably be um, relatively more rested. Uh, and have a little bit more peace than we could in our particular vacation situation. And yet you still have um, relationships with family uh, Mm -hmm. that you go home to. You still have um, relationships with friends and um, fellow church members, everything back home, where there's a certain sense in which you can't just unplug everything. You can't just turn everything off. Yeah, I think one of the things that uh, maybe might become more clear would be the fact that you realize that maybe you don't need to be a 100% studyaholic or whatnot, and that you can take away to maybe what, even if you're going on a vacation by yourself, you've still got the Lord with you, and you need to spend some time with Him. The thing about vacation is that it's really about getting away so that that you can take care of your soul a little bit. Yeah. When the work, um, especially at the end of a semester, um, finals are coming along and final papers are coming along, um, that can be really draining on a person. And there's something to say, I think, against um, doing classes throughout the year in every single possible term that you can, including... Uh, the summer term mm-hmm. at Asbury. If you're not listening from Asbury, there's um there's also a January term, like a month long January term, where you can take intensive courses and uh, and so people 
will typically be taking those too. I think there's something to say against always round the calendar um, doing that in every single term just because you want to get through your degree quickly. Mm-hmm. It can surely get you through your degree quickly, but it can also uh, surely wear you out. Yeah. Um, those kinds of priorities are what led to um, me when I was doing my MDiv not really doing summer courses. I say that like it was just a choice of priorities. It was also the case that like scholarship money was not mm-hmm. was not really present. Mm-hmm. I was kind of forced to um, take those summers off and January off. But um, it taught me an important lesson that it was not um, that it was more important for me to be focusing on my family and being with them during the summer than constantly hammering away at um, at studies. And a lot of that involved during the summer and during the holidays around December, January of getting away mm-hmm. and, um, and, and recharging in that sense, even if it's not this ideal recharge. But then I guess that kind of raises the question again of what is an ideal recharge supposed to look like? And I think that's what it's, why it's going to look different for everybody in every kind of life situation. Yep. Where I'm not I'm not the only one recharging. Right. Val is recharging, my kids are recharging. Mm-hmm. And if that means that I don't get this um picturesque idea of rest and relaxation, I'm still I'm still building them. I'm still working into their lives. Mm-hmm. And their souls need just as much feeding as I do. Yeah, and I think that, you know, part of that is like again, you know, we're taking care of them. We're helping them to form memories in their lives that hopefully they'll look back on it fondly one day and be like, that was an awesome trip. Um, but yeah, I mean, you start realizing that, you know, it's not all about you. And um, so you have to, by giving to your kids, by giving to your spouse, you are actually in an indirect way helping yourself. The more of that love that you're sharing, the more of that's going to come back to you. And I think that that's a way that the Lord works in us to, I mean, use these times of of retreat and and um, and these changes of pace to really um, not just teach us about ourselves and what we need, because He does teach us through these um, these times that we need to to stop, that we need to take a break from things and and change things up, but. Um, Depending on your life stage, uh, it's going to be somebody different, whether it's a friend or whether it's someone to whom you you minister or whether it's to an immediate family member, like a spouse or kids, that um, these times are for their sake as well. I think one thing, though, that you bring up is the fact that we're talking about getting away and whatnot, and we need to be careful. It's very tempting even in your work life, if you're working, and especially in seminary, to take work with you while you're on vacation. Yeah, I agree. I um, I brought my computer along on the trip, but um, my express reason was that we would be there on a Monday, and I needed to be able to upload the next episode that we were going to release. And um, thankfully, since then, I've learned how to schedule I've learned how to upload it earlier and schedule its release on time. So thankfully, I've learned that. 
maybe it would have been better if I'd learned it a little earlier. Mm-hmm. Then I wouldn't have had any more temptation than I had to open up that computer and do something. And I don't remember taking any books along with me, but you are right that it's very easy to bring that stuff along and um, and not allow yourself to withdraw from it. Yeah, and I can't speak for every spouse, but I know my spouse in particular, she doesn't want me to be working on school stuff while I'm in vacation. And that's fair. Yeah, um, totally fair. Because you guys have come to an agreement about um, what you value, and um, you've come to an agreement about how you think vacation ought to be, and that's a priority that you've set. But yeah, I mean, that's one of the benefits for me with vacation is it helps me to prioritize a little bit because I know I've got this window of time coming up that I am not going to be able to work. So I'm either going to be scrambling to get it done or making plans on how to get it done after I get back. That's a way better alternative than kind of secretly conniving with yourself as to how you're going to get just a little bit of work done while you're while you're in the midst of that break. Right. That um, it takes emotional preparation mm-hmm. to actually go on vacation. I think another benefit of this, and I want to kind of do a whole podcast on this later, but we need to give our brains space to just kind of do their thing. And I think vacation is one way, maybe you can't always do your thing, but you're stepping away from whatever school projects you're on, whatever papers you're on. And it's amazing. Sometimes when you do that, while you're in there, your brain is like just wandering around. You're not focusing on it. And suddenly you have an epiphany of how to finish this paper well, or the missing key loop of that and allowing your brain just to kind of, have a break and reset sometimes allows those creative juices to start flowing again in a way that it wouldn't be able to if you were just focused on the paper nonstop until the deadline. The brain is just really, it's amazing. I mean, we work so hard consciously to um, keep the wheels turning and keep the progress flowing. And yet sometimes it is about the exact opposite Mm -hmm. and getting away from all that hard work that can actually allow you to progress further later. I do also want to say one more thing is that our talk about going on this trip and this vacation um, is all rather um, an easy thing for us to talk about as far as how we um, went about organizing that and getting it worked around and to actually go. And the the fact of the matter is that um, not everybody has the ease with which um, we were able to make that happen. Mm-hmm. And uh, not everybody, uh, whether financially or uh, because of varying commitments, not everybody has the um, the wherewithal to make that sort of trip and vacation happen. And so I, I will freely admit that all of our talk about this does kind of have a a certain air of privilege riding underneath it because we had the means by which to make this happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't want to minimize that. But I guess what I want to ask um, in light of all that is for anybody uh, who is out there listening, what does it mean uh, within your means and within your abilities uh, to make it happen? What does it mean to pull away from the normal patterns of life and to... Um, and to disengage from the regular rhythms so that you can recharge in a healthy way. 
Yeah. And I mean, anything you can do, maybe going to a park uh, that's free for the afternoon or scheduling some time where you're just there. Um, anything that you can do to try to pull back and change the rhythm of your life. If you're not in a position where you can take a, you know, two or three day trip or something like that would be beneficial. So this has been a different kind of episode for us because I mean, well, frankly, we're both uh, really nerdy guys and we enjoy really nerdy subject matter. And this is not uh, the same kind of thing. This is a little bit deeper of a thing and it's something that is important to how we operate, not just as far as um, scholarship and our studies go. It's really important as to how we operate as human beings and as disciples of Jesus. Yeah, we need to remember that being a seminarian doesn't mean that we put our humanity on hold. And this is not a little blip on the radar screen. This is preparation for the rest of our life. So we need to get these practices here because it will not be easier on the other side of seminary. Yeah, as hard as as hard as um, your degree is, um, you might think to yourself, "Oh, I can't wait to graduate because things will be so much easier." When really you're going to be trading one set of responsibilities for another set of responsibilities, and maybe even more so, even more pressure mm-hmm. than before because. You're going to have, um, in some cases, I mean, I'd say in a lot of cases for seminary students, you're going to have congregations to look after and care for. If you if you get married and have kids, then those pressures uh, continue to build. And so if you are going to um, learn these things, don't wait. Don't wait until um, you are buried in responsibilities and the feeling, this overwhelming feeling of of what is laid upon you uh, that you have to do. Get these rhythms now, because if you can prioritize them now, then you're going to be able to work them into your new life situations as you go from one um, thing to another and as you go from seminary to beyond seminary. Yeah. Before we go, we also want to give you a preview of what's coming up on next week's episode. Next time on Surviving Seminary. Christ has come. He paid the penalty for your sins on the cross. He rose again to be victorious. And you can enter into a relationship with him um, and receive the salvation that he has to offer. Now, I, I think we'd all agree that's, that's all true. But if that becomes our gospel then we are leaving out at least four-fifths of the people that we meet because when we talk to people about their personal sin, they're assuming that they're kind of walking around going, how in the world can I get rid of this guilt? Uh, We're going to miss them because they don't have, do they have guilt? Everybody does, but not everybody has consciousness of that guilt. And so with that, I think we're going to draw to a close today. So we hope that you have enjoyed listening today. We hope that you would subscribe. You can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow us at Facebook on our Facebook page, Surviving Seminary Podcast. There you can find a link to our email. You can also directly message us right there if you want to give any feedback or if you have any questions. So until next time, thank you very much for listening. See you later. Bye, y'all.